Honest Podcast. My name is 4KJ. Welcome back. Another week we are here. Blessed to be here. Still alive. Still alive. Good brother Frank is here. We have guests in the building again. Shout out to Akasha. We also have an illustrious guest in the building. Personal yeah. friend of mine. The good brother, Pastor Chiron Richardson is here. Yo, what's up? Welcome, Pastor. A little backstory. I'm going to give everybody a little backstory. Now, Pastor Chiron runs a church in Jersey City called World Outreach Christian Church. That's why I need it. Right. This is one of the, probably one of the dopest churches in Jersey City. You could quote me on that. Put it in Jersey Journal. I said it. I'm putting it on my website. Put it on the website. You know, this is probably one of the dopest churches in Jersey City just because of this man and his wife. Shout out to Pastor Rebecca Richardson just actually being there for the community. I've known Pastor Richardson for four years now. Four, at least four or five. So, you know. All right, full disclosure, I'm going to be honest with y'all. No, I don't. I'm not in church every Sunday. The Lord knows my heart. But Pastor Richardson is, is one of the, the, the people that I truly, truly respect. Like, he's a good brother. He's actually trying to do good things for the community, trying to, you know, help out in any way he can. So thank you for coming to this little thing of ours. Man, thank you for having me. Um, You know, I didn't really want to do like a uh, quote unquote interview like I, you know i don't want to just hit you over the head with questions and questions and answers and you know that's you know we don't really have that resp- type of relationship off the mic so i don't want to you know lie to the people and make it seem like well yeah, you want to make it so formal right, right. it's because right. nothing nothing about this establishment is professional we here but we like to have a good time we like to make it comfortable this is you know y'all know you know, this is a conversation more than anything. So just like to, again, thank Pastor Richardson for coming in, talking about for the stress. Um, one question I do have, though, right? You can answer honestly if you can. Got you. Do you know Joel Osteen? Personally? Yeah. No. Good, because I have a real problem. <laughs> that guy? With Joel Osteen. All right. Okay. I just want to get that out the way, game, because... It's people like him who give, you know, good pastors like yourself and good men of faith like yourself a bad name. So I just want to give a F you to, to that guy, to, to that guy, because nobody's rocking with you. Joel Osteen, we did not forget about Harvey. We got to get you out the paint. Now, so Pastor Richardson, when did you get into uh, ministry for those that don't know? Uh, well, first of all, I want to say I'm feeling really psychedelic in here. So, oh, yeah, it's groovy, baby. Oh, it's, it's, it is what it it's is. Groovy. And I almost dropped a few bars when you started the music. <laughs> hey, you know welcome. I say that for another time. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> they ain't ready. <laughs> they ain't ready. You know what I mean? You got it. But um, actually, man, I've been, um, well, I became a, a believer in 1995. Um, so I actually, you know, I've been in ministry per se since 1995, um, started the church in Jersey City in June of 2010, but I've actually, you know, been involved in ministry, man, since 1995. And, and you know what's, you know what's, fat, you know what's I like about Pastor Shaw so much, right? Hey, like Frank, like if you, you know, like you ever have a homeboy that you came up with and you did a bunch of dirt with and then he goes off for a couple years to come back and he's like a man of faith now that's who Pastor Shaw reminds me of that's why I feel like like when I first met him when we first when I first went to his church and I heard him preach I was just like yo I know him even if I don't know 
Like if, even if I didn't know you personally, yeah. I was like, yo, I know you. Yeah, I know you. I had one gangster friend turn Jewish. It's like it's like that, but he's still like like I gotta tell y'all right for those that are listening. If you Google Pastor Shah's name and like YouTube, right, he had the the, the church's uh, YouTube channel will come up and you'll see him up there doing his thing. But go on. Give you some, give you some credit right now. Okay. He has so much swagger when he, oh. when he preaches, right? It's almost like, like you know, what I'm saying, I'm up here doing my thing. Like, like it's like yeah. he's so player with it, but it's it's so much knowledge and 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 wisdom in this in the sermon. Mm. So like, as as many times that I've been in his church while he was preaching, and I'm just sitting up there like, oh damn, he, oh he, oh this is a church. My bad. Yeah. I'm like, all right, well he's like. Cause it's so it's relatable, yeah. And it's so like it's like you know like we kicking it, yeah, yeah. But he's just is with he's dropping Je- gems with Jesus involved, yeah. But we still kicking it. So do you, do you sweat during your? Uh... Yeah, yeah, I do. I mean, so eventually. now I know it's real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, up no, there no. going through it, man. Yeah. He be up there going through it. So like. Um, now I, you've been making a, a headway. You know, I saw you uh, with the mayor. He came to a con- yeah, came he to came the to church. church. You know, how was that? Um, how was that meeting with him coming to the church? Because you know, uh, Philip is. I'm funny about Philip, right? Philip is funny. Philip is funny. Right, right. So like, I see him since he got reelected. I see him trying to do things with, I guess, our side of town now because he spent the first his first term you know so focused on downtown so how did he was it like a mutual thing like did he reach out to you did you reach out to him like yeah, well, yeah I mean we've um actually been sort of running into each other uh for the last year or so man and um you know I'm a part of an organization called Jersey City Together as well man and so they've been doing a lot of um trying to make some headway man especially in this community in this neighborhood um and so when they when i got introduced to him through jersey city together the the thing that happened is that you know when we had these meetings with him they would sort of pick different people to play different parts Mm -hmm. when we would meet and so for some strange reason I became the aggressive voice of Jersey City together. So when we would meet with him, I'd be the guy to call him to the carpet about things like that. And then um, there was a shooting down there uh, by PS22. Mm-hmm. And so I ran into him one day, they had a visual, and he said something that was weird. And when he saw me, he was like, wow, man, it's so good to see you smile. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking to myself, dude, I smile all the time. Yeah. Right? Right. So what that said to me was that um, he's not getting to know me. He's getting to know what I'm being portrayed as. Right. And so I just, you know, I sort of reached out to him, man, and I, I sent him an email, and I just let him know. I said, you know, brother, as a fellow leader, uh, I know the challenges of leading people, and while I may not always agree with you, I am praying for you. Right. And so that just sort of started a little dialogue, man, and, you know, I eventually asked him, you know, I really didn't expect him to come, mm-hmm. uh, but I asked him, would he be willing to come to the church, man? And so, um, you know, he came, and, you know, we didn't, we just were who we were. I wasn't trying to impress and things right. like that, you know right. what I mean? But... Um, he really enjoyed himself. Hmm. I mean, what well, I see that—that's regular. And you know what? Like, and he got to see you smile. Right? He got to see me smile. <laughs> close, you know baby. what I mean? You like that? How's that smile? How's that? Ding. You know what I'm saying? Get all of this crest. Right. And you know what? And and when I saw when I, when I saw the picture on your Instagram, right? I was like, you know what? Let me ease up off of Philip just because the pastor gave him a <laughs> like. He 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 kind of endorsed him a little bit. So I was like, let me just ease up off of Philip, man, because. Hmm. He funny out. He moved funny out here in these streets, man. But you know, I um, I think you know what's was great about you know Pastor Shah's church. Pastor Shah's church. If you're not familiar with Jersey City, right? 
Bastard Shot Church is in on probably one of the hardest blocks in the city. Probably maybe top three. Yeah, top, definitely top three. <laughs> like it's on one of the hardest blocks in the city. Um, now I've I've heard this story before, but can you tell the people about how you made the, the dealers of the community understand that you was putting the church there and you wasn't some phony dude coming to do whatever? Well, I mean, I think um, the the best thing, I guess, um, that we've done, man, was be genuine right. um, and show them that we cared. Right. You know what I'm saying? So um, for the first three years, man, because when we started the church, I, you know, I was really unaware. I'll tell you the story, man, because I had moved to North Carolina. I've been in Carolina for about 20 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I've been away. I'm born and raised in Jersey City, but when you go on 20 years, you know. Yeah. And so when I came back um, and we found the location, uh, my brother, my baby brother, man, uh, you know, he, you know, he does his thing. And so when, when we saw the church, we saw it early Saturday morning. Uh, so it was quiet outside. The birds was chirping. Uh, the squirrels <laughs> were playing double dutch. I was like, this is a great neighborhood. And um, it's like the Roger Rabbit movie. You know what I'm saying? And so, um, so, so we we was like, okay, yeah, you know, it seemed like a great spot. And I called my little brother, and so we were talking, man. And I said, yeah, man, I found the church. He's like, where you at? I said, uh, I'm on Grant. He said, you on where? <laughs> I said, I'm on Grant. He said, between what? I said, between. That's usually the next that's question. Right. The point. You know what I'm saying? That's always the next question. Hold oh, on, that's always the point. What? what? When anything Jersey City related. And it's a, like a <laughs> high crime area. You gotta ask between what? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I'm standing there. I'm on Wegman. Wegman and what? And what? Yeah. So that's always important. So I said between um, Bergen and MLK. He said, "Oh my God, big bruh." <laughs> yeah. I was like, "What?" He said, "Man, you on the wire, son. You on the wire." <laughs> and I was like, "What's the wire?" He said, "You ain't seen the wire." Yeah. I was like, "Nah." He that's was like, fact. "Son." And uh, when we when the next day we came back, I understood everything yeah. that he was saying. You know what I mean? Um, but it's interesting, man, because the first year of us being there, uh, I didn't know that somebody else had uh, had planned on starting a church maybe a year prior to us, mm-hmm. and they had gotten the community all excited about they were going to do this, that, and the third, and then they disappeared. Right. So when we opened up. It seemed like the first year, man, they were just challenging us. Oh, yeah. um, like right in front of the building, man, they'd have barbecues on Saturday night, leave all the trash there for me to clean on Sunday morning. And, um, you know. Just to see. Just, just to see. And I didn't know. And then my thing yeah. was this, man, is that I'm, 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 I'm a realist. You know what I'm saying? Um, it's like 27,000 guys on the block. It's one of me. Right. Uh, I run out there if I want to. You know, with this attitude, y'all get from in front of this church oh, and this, no, that, and the third. Not gonna it's not going to go bro. well. It's not going to be good. And so my approach was this, was that uh, we live in a time where, when I grew up, man, people respected a church because it was a church. Right. That's not the case anymore. Right. And so my thing was, is it's not about them respecting a building, but if I can get them to respect me as a man, mm-hmm. then naturally they'll respect the church that I serve in. Right. So for about a year, man, we just, I, I, we made it our business. I never walked inside that building. I still don't do it without walking the block, speaking to everybody, checking on everybody, loving up on everybody, man. Right. And so I think after about a year, uh, one of the guys came to me, man, and he told me the story about the dude who was there before me. But uh, he looked at me dead in my eyes, man. He said, Pastor, man, we realize you the real deal, man. And right. He said, we might not come through them doors, but you are our pastor. So I'm the block's pastor now. Right. You know what I'm saying? You know what? And it's so real, right? Dudes from around there will go do whatever they doing and go 
in church, pray, come right back out and do whatever they're doing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, it's at, and that's what is, that's why I think. That's the realest shit though. Right. So that's what makes the it so, that's, that's what makes it so special because people who are, like people who are from our area. Right. Are often, you know, demonized by Absolutely. the church. Yeah. And pushed out and you know you're doing the wrong thing and you're not following the word and, and whatnot and i think with your church it gave people a a second chance to to be like you know what maybe i can give this church thing another try yeah. just because it, it just because it gave people a um a, a second chance of um like okay well i don't have to be Afraid, or I don't have to hate the people who go to church because he doesn't hate me. It just, right. I think it just made it just made you, Pastor Shy, and it made, and it made church going as a whole more relatable. And I, that's good, especially for where we are right. and like where we are in the city and just where we are as a society right now. So I think um, what I did want to know is. You know, with with everything going on, right? You know, just in the world, with the country, presidency, all of that. You know, climate change is going to kill us any day now. <laughs> so, but there's a bunch of stuff going on, right? Right, and you you somehow keep your congregation grounded enough to keep going, and you have this uncanny ability to motivate people through. All of the BS that's going on out here Was that something that was just Like natural for you as a As an individual Like was this Like was this you before Right You know Becoming a pastor Or did it just like activate once you Nah I mean Here's the thing And and I When when um, I first felt uh, God calling me uh, because before I got you know I got I became a believer at 21 but at, yeah so that lets you know it's a miracle by itself man. and um, I remember feeling this tug man to become a believer um, I wasn't thinking about preaching or nothing like that and I struggled with it and my struggle with it was what I saw mm-hmm. right and I never forget man having a conversation with God one night praying and I said Lord you know I don't have a problem with you. Mm-hmm. My problem was the people who say they know you. Right. And I said, I don't want to be that dude. I don't want to be this hypocrite because hip- hypocrisy makes me itch. Right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and so here's what I felt the Lord telling me. It's a bar. Um, he, he, there's a guy. Well, the long story short, he said, son, he said, who, who made you? And I said, you did. He said, so the reason you have this certain personality, I gave you that. Uh, your sense of humor, I gave you that. He said, I didn't come to cramp your style. I came to use your style for mm-hmm. my glory. Right. Don't change who you are. Change right. what you believe and then use who you are to teach what you believe. So I never had to change my core in order to reach people. I believe if I changed my core, I would be like every other cat out there right. just saying a lot of stuff that ain't nobody feeling because they don't feel me. Right. And be open and honest with who you are. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, word. One thing I tell the church every Sunday, man, is that, um, and, and, and the scenario you were using earlier, because we use this scenario, and I know you guys have heard that church is a hospital. Right. Right? But here's the funny thing. If church is a hospital, why do we make people feel bad because they're sick when they come? Huh. And we forget that yeah. doctors get sick, too. Right. And I let people know, on this stage, I might be administering the medicine, but I got to take the same medicine you're taking. If you think that I'm without sickness, then this is the wrong church. 
church for you. So I'm very transparent with my struggles. But you know what? That's kind of what I think that's kind of what drew me to your church um, in the first place, because, you know, I uh, I grew up over at Trinity Lutheran Church. And, you know, the, the service there was always very like author like authoritarian. Like it was more like follow the commandments, do this, right. pray, don't do that. It was just like a, it was like it was more like rules Absolutely. instead of kind of like finding your way of life right. or finding out how to maneuver through life using certain principles. And I never felt connected to that particular preacher, be, that particular pastor, because it was never he was always speaking at me right. and not to me. And it always like I think with with growing, I think for anybody, you growing up in the hood, you doing hood things. It's like different elements going on, and if you don't have a spiritual guide in a sense who can relate to you on that level, then you just out here kind of just lost. Yeah. And I and I think um, it's it's funny because now I think we at a place now where either it's split. It's like a definitive line in the sand. It's like people who believe in God wholeheartedly, right. and then people will be like, "Well, I don't need him because he ain't do nothing for me." Right, right. Either way. And have you had to encounter those people who come to your church like kind of like arms folded, like yeah. I'm not really feeling this, and just because of past experiences with churches. Absolutely. I mean, how do you like? I feel like there's two types of atheists. Mm. Right. Okay. Yeah. There's the atheist that just doesn't believe. Right. right. He don't care whether you believe. It's it, totally indifferent. It's no big deal to him. Then there's the atheist that wants to believe, but he needs to see it. So right, right. And they argue with you more right. than you'll. Right. So all talk right. So to them. <laughs> right. Because they're telling you, "Yo, show me." Exactly. But, you know. Right. So how do so for those people? How do you do? You talk to those people in the same way, like just on a people level. Well, he, yeah. Um, couple things. Um, I'm not afraid of, of one thing. Uh, when you believe what you believe, mm -hmm. you're not intimidated by people who don't believe. Right. So you can have conversations that are uncomfortable because you already found it and grounded in what you believe. Um, you keep saying the word that that, that I want to just touch on. And when you talk about rules, um, what most people have been offered is religion rules mm -hmm. with no relationship. Right. Right. Um, here's the difference. It's like I'm married. Mm -hmm. Right. Got married. Been married. April will be 25 years that I've been married. God bless. I'm telling you, brother. And still happily married. You know what I'm saying? That's I still, important. That's when he important, said something people. about uh, well, early, y'all won't hear. But my man was talking about uh, one of the best things in the morning was seeing his wife naked. <laughs> I wanted to give him an amen because that happened to me this morning. That's why I need it. I almost didn't make it to the studio today. You know what I'm saying? I'm that's like, why you was late. That's why I was late. I'm like, girl, if you don't put some clothes on, I'm going to have to call my man and tell him we ain't going to make it today. Oh, uh, you know what I'm saying? But God bless morning nudeness. It's a morning nudeness. Nudeness should be a commandment. Thou shalt be nude in the morning. That should be a commandment. Um, right. Unless it's December, then uh, turn the heat on or something. Right. Well, put the heat on first, Go and then first. thou shalt be <laughs> But... Here's the difference. Um, I don't try to keep the rules of being a husband. Mm -hmm. I just love my wife. And that love for my wife makes me want to do things that makes our relationship better. If I'm in a relationship with this woman and, I'm, and I got this checklist every day, did I take out the trash? Did I tell her I love her? Did I buy this? Did I buy this? It's going to be a very stale relationship. Now, okay, so even, all right, with that, though. Sure. With religion, we're fed that. Well, I know me personally, mm -hmm. I was fed that for a long time. Right. And there was no, like, 
flexibility or there was no way of there was there, there wasn't anything like okay well these are the rules mm-hmm. but if they don't work for you you can also try something different right. it was just always no do this or, or else you're going to hell or else mm-hmm. so i don't I think that turned me off from religion from a long for a long time, honestly. It turned me off. What what brought me in, man, was um I met a guy when I was in the Navy, I was in the military, and first of all, he was Christian, he was young, which mm-hmm. I, I didn't see that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? The church I grew up in, the youth choir started out in 70. You know what I mean? You had to be <laughs> 70 <laughs> years old and you were in the youth <laughs> choir, you know what I mean? So I didn't see young people. I didn't see young people who were excited about being a Christian. This was the first guy who was my age, mm-hmm. and he was excited, and he had swag. Mm. He was just, you put him in a room, you knew, without him opening his mouth, you knew there was something different about him, but it wasn't this difference of I'm better than the room, mm-hmm. it's just I'm different. Right. I'm right? comfortable. I'm comfortable. But if you ever wanted to talk to him, mm-hmm. he'd tell you, you know, hey man, I'm a believer. And one day he ran, we was talking, we were talking, man, and he said something that I had heard for years, but it never registered. And it was real simple. He said, Shaq, can I tell you something? I said, what's up, man? He said, do you know that God loves you? I was like, yeah, he loves everybody. He was like, no, nah, you understand what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. He was like, not everybody, you. And I thought about that. And I was like, hold on. Do you know the dirt I'm in? Or because you know people that's the problem with being the problem with being a pastor is that people fail to recognize that you had that you had dirt and you have dirt you hear what i'm saying you had dirt people think that i woke up preaching i mean that's the that's the that's the image that's always portrayed absolutely because we get these we get these pastors preachers ministers deacons whoever who are Sometimes they're larger than life. Right. Sometimes they are walking angels and they don't right. have any dirt on them and they're just perfect and their life is perfect. And then and they shit vanilla. And right. Well, and then, sweat Dolce Gabbana. You know what I'm saying? Right. And then <laughs> they're sleeping with half the women in the Come choir. Come on, man. So it's like, and then I, I guess from years of seeing that. Absolutely. It just, it, it kind of makes people who are like, like you even see it with the media, with, with, uh, Creflo Dollar and all these right. multi-million dollar pastors right. it's hard for people to be like yo how, how am I going to listen to you right. you, you, after you leave this church you're getting in the jet why am I listening to you well I tell you one of the greatest uh, which, which is funny that you, one of the greatest I think weapons that ha, that's worked for me as, as a church has been my relationship with my wife mm. um, because you've been there man mm-hmm. and when people see me and my wife, um, you know, that's my chick. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. And I forget, you know, I don't know how to turn that off when I get to church. Okay, hold on. Let me pause for the sure. calls right there. Listen, when I say, when I say Pastor Shaw be in church flirting like nobody's in the audience, like sometimes people be like, hey, Pastor, you got to, you know, oh, damn, all right, my bad. She just looking so good today. Bruh. I just got to be like, yo, Bruh. Pastor, come on, man. Bruh. You got to preach. But, Continue. Let, let me tell you. Love another, let, let me tell you something else that I believe uh, is probably one of the most holy things. That it's not in the Bible, but it's in my heart. Stilettos. Praise the Lord for stilettos, <laughs> brother. Hallelujah. Some high heels. Come on, man. Listen, and, and when that girl put them heels on, bruh. I mean, that's real. It's, it's hard to preach. It's, it just really is, man. I just, you know, I mean, you know, I just. 
God. But you know what? And you know, I'm sorry, I'm having a moment, man. I'm just, okay, I'm back. I'm back. I'm good. Yeah, I just see, you see what happened? (laughs) But you know what? That's pure, though. And I know it's pure. And that, like you said, that registers with your congregation because they're like, oh, yo, he really loved his wife. Yeah. And he might snuff you if you say something crazy to his wife. But but then, you know what I think it says? It tells men that they're safe with their wives. Right. You know what I'm saying? You know what? And that's a, that's another thing, too. That's I'm glad you said that because that's like, that's a weird thing that men do with each other. Like, they can't, they fear bringing their ladies around other men because they always think like, yo, is he trying to talk Absolutely. to my woman? And for you to be just so comfortable and be like, nah, I, my girl is, my woman's bad. Like, yeah. I don't need to look at you. It's like, I've seen it. And I, even well, when I come with my family, I'm just like, yeah, he, relax. Well, it's, it's all relaxed. Well, especially, man, because that stigma is out there. Right. You know what I'm saying? And so you already got guys coming through saying, okay, I, I really don't feel this dude to begin with. I'm, right. I'm not sure I want to be here. Right. And so they're looking for a reason not to come back. You know what I'm saying? Is he one of these pimps? Is he doing this? Is he doing this? And then I tell people too, I talk big, I big up my girl, but then I let the church also know too that we're human. We get on each other's nerves at the same time. Right. Sometimes she wake up in the morning and punch me in my face. So right. it ain't like, you know what I mean? It's not like, you know. It's regular. It's regular, man. It's regular. And I think that's what's missing. People just don't see that um, you don't have to be, here's my best scenario. Y'all was talking about superheroes before right. we came in here. Um, I let people know, man, that uh, I might go to the, I might put on my cape every once in a while, but I'm really Clark Kent. Mm, that's real. That's real. Because most people be like, nah, I'm Superman all day, every day, son. Right. Shoot, shoot me in the chest, but. <laughs> that's my chest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but that's, man, you got to drop bars already. But you know what? Like, so, I got so many questions now. So where did this disconnect happen with between specifically the black community and our pastors like where did because like all right so with my grandmother right born and born and raised in church she's from the deep south she's like you know super god fearing woman and basically the pastor is god in her eyes to where if the pastor says you got to go outside and hop on one foot mm-hmm. because the Lord tells you to. Right. She's going to do it. Right. And years of that have kind of conditioned older black folks and even black folks my age to where it's like, no, I got to listen to the pastor right. because he's going to tell me the right thing no matter what. Right. And then when all of these things come out about, like you said, people pimping and right. then he's abusing the church's money or the church's women or whatever, then everybody's up in arms. Right. Like, how did this, when did, I guess I'm trying to say, when did the, the abuse of power absolutely start? Because I can't really pinpoint it about what, like, there was there a specific incident or was it, like, something where press, where black pastors realized, like, I have a lot of influence over these people? I think uh, it's a, it's, it's a few things. I think one of the things that happens, man, in, in, and this is the black community, I think um, the power issue, because for growing up uh, in, in, in what we grew up in as a community, mm-hmm. uh, there were not many places where black people had power, mm-hmm. right? And so I think that there was a lot of people who, uh, the Bible says uh, many are called, but the chosen are few. Um, I, the, the challenge with pastoring uh, 
is that for so many people, it's too easy to become one, right? Uh, for so many people to start a church, all you gotta do is start a church. So we don't check people's credentials. We don't really check and we don't we don't do the due diligence. You could just if, and then because of that, you have a lot of people who the only place they, they can succeed is in the church because they can't succeed anyplace else. Oh, that's so real, man. You know what? And it's like because of that, I've seen people become like the choir director and act like they own Apple. Bruh. And it's just like someone to wow this like it's like all you do is play the piano every Sunday. Come on, man. And because of that, and it's not everybody, but here's what happens is that you got a lot of guys who are very insecure, mm-hmm. so they hide behind the power of the pulpit. <laughs> right? That's just so crazy. Oh shit. I know a guy right now and 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 I'm and I met him before church and after church. After church, he was just his t- his story was just like he was all of this. And and I was like, dude. You are, it's, you know what it's like? It's like a dude who's a punk all his life and becomes a police officer. Hmm. And so now he, exactly he, he abuses like. his power to try to make up for what he couldn't be in high school. God damn. Right? When I got, when I became a pastor, I didn't become a pastor because I can, I was an electrician. I, matter of fact, financially, I took a step down. Right. So I was successful before this. Mm-hmm. And I was successful just as a dude. You, you know what I'm saying? Right. I'm the type of cat that I let my wife know if you leave me, it better make sense. Using that, it, it, <laughs> I ain't saying you can't leave me, but it better make sense. Using that, cause I ain't the, I, I, I'm not sense. the baddest man on the planet. But until he appears, I'm sitting in his chair. Sense for the stress. Word. You understand what I'm saying? Word. So I didn't have those secu- insecurity issues. So so when you're like that, what you do is the only way you can become better is by making people worse. Mm. So you have to be a god to people because that's the only way you feel good. I'm not God. My job is to introduce them to God. I'm the middleman. I'm not the man. I'm the man next so to the man next to the man. So how do we get all these insecure dudes out of these churches, man? Because it's destroying the community. They out here. I'll tell you how. They just out here like influencing these people, telling them to do whatever, giving them all types of wrong advice. And it's like, you know what? So I was reading, I don't know if you've read uh, Bishop T.D. Jake's book, Sore. No, I haven't read that one. Good book. I highly suggest it, right? So in his book, like a, a, a reoccurring theme in his book is prayer without work is dead, right. basically. Right. right. Now, I've heard you say that a couple of times, but with a lot of other black pastors, it's just always... No, you just pray. Right. Just pray. Right. Just pray. Just pray. And it's like people BS all week because they know I'm going to go to church Sunday anyway and just be forgiven. So I'm straight. Like I right. could just do whatever all week. Right. How does, how do we start to change the culture right. of church to, to where it's not people believing in some mythical force right. just going to make everything right? Well, I mean... It's, I don't think it's so much the change, but it's it's actually getting down to the truth. Hmm. Uh, what people don't understand is that the Bible is just as practical as it is spiritual. Uh, the Bible teaches us about not co-signing. That's in the Bible. Um, I, I had a guy on my job, and actually, uh, I won him to the Lord through something very practical, and I'll tell you what it was. 
we were sitting there one day, and I'm gonna make this real short. We were sitting there one day, and we, we were looking at, uh, we were sitting in break, and his, his white brother, and him and another guy were talking about Holly Berry. This is at, at the height of her career, mm-hmm. right? And so they were just bragging about Holly Berry, she this, that, and the third. And I said, well, she can't be all of that. And they looked at me like, what? I said, because she can't keep a man. It's a fact. So the other dude looked at me, he was like, got his attention. Within this, I started talking to him about relationships. So he, he got to talk to me about him and his wife, how bad their relationship was. And their relationship was really bad because they was there was a zero sex relationship. Mm-hmm. So I began to tell him that um, one of the dumbest things in the world a woman can ever do to her man is deny him. Uh-huh. Ooh, got his attention. The next day, I said, remember what we talked about? He said, yeah. I said, that's in the Bible. He said, you're lying. <laughs> I said, can I show it to you? You're going to have 50 feminists at my door, Pastor. Right? I said, listen, let them come. Tell them to come to my church. That's real talk. Because, and so I showed them, and this biblically speaking, it's talking about husbands and wives. Mm -hmm. And it says, and here's what the Bible said. It said, do not withhold each other what each other is due because you're opening the door for temptation. Right? I didn't get married to have to earn what's supposed to be mine. Right. Vice versa. And vice versa, right, right. Vice versa. There's times, this real talk, there's times I'm tired. That's real. And my wife is like, uh, I don't care. Hey. I don't care. Right? And I'm like, you know I say yes? Not because I feel like it, because I'm not my own. I belong to her. So how can I, t- so people don't understand that the Bible, and just like what, what T.D. Jackson is saying, faith without works, one of the things that I've done at my church, man, and, and, I know a lot of pastors, and I mean, I love the ministry and I love other pastors, but I know a lot of pastors have not done this. When it comes to people's giving, mm-hmm. one principle we teach is that if you're going to give God money, it has to be your money. Here's what I mean. If you can't give God the PSE and G's money, mm-hmm. that money belongs to them. You can't give God the cable's money. You've made a contract every month that you're going to pay this money. So now you can't take PSE and G's money. Say I gave it in the offering and now you mad at PSE and G. But see, and that's the problem because you have a lot of these pastors out here being vague. as They're being mm-hmm. vague saying just tied. Right. Absolutely. Put something in the collection plate. Absolutely. And they're not saying, well, don't give your rent money or right. don't give your right. whatever. They're just like, well, tied because we need this and we need that. And it's like. I don't want to put my let's go put something out there about my grandmother. No, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. But still, y'all know who y'all are. Y'all here being sleaze balls. Anyway, um, damn, I lost my train of thought. Oh, that's all right. But (laughs) that really made me mad. Okay, but should make me mad. But um, I think with with what you're saying, as far as uh, getting down to the truth, do you think we're too far removed from that? And I mean, and in that, I mean that what I've noticed, what I've noticed now, especially with like people younger than me, mm-hmm. it's like my generation, right? Like I'm 30, right? Right. So my generation, people in kind of in my age bracket, they're more, they still have that old, I'm not old, but that, that way of thinking of, okay, well, the church is the church. They still have a certain level of respect for the church, right. but not for organized religion gotcha and it's more like like me personally like i'm i feel like i'm a more spiritual person right Right. so i'm more i'm more in tune with my spirituality more of a personal connection with god right Right. people younger than me don't care about any of that right 
They don't care about some big dude in the sky saying he gonna do this and do right. that if I come to church every Sunday. Right. They don't want to pray because when they wake up, it's still gonna be what it is. They still gotta pay rent, right. and Jesus ain't helping with the bills. Right. So, how do you reach those people? Because the 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 generation before us is all in with the church. Right. There's no wrong in the church. The church is fine. Right. And then you have my generation kind of being a little skeptical of the church. Right. But still like, okay, well, that's the church. And then now it's just, it seems like, I say all that to say, it just seems like there's a regression happening in church. Absolutely. As far as people being invested in the church and the position the church wants held in our community. Right. Because like you said earlier, there was a time where we all congregated to the church for everything. Right. If people were needed help, if people needed a place to talk or whatever, just to kick it or whatever, sometimes the church was that. Right. And it's not that anymore. So how do you bridge that gap between what it was and where we at now? Well, there's there's two things that I say. The first thing I say is that um, we're actually, to me, for the state of the church. We're probably with this next generation in the best state that we could ever be in. Hmm. Um, because one thing that is spoken about when you talk about millennials and young people is that they're on a search for truth. Mm-hmm. Right. If what we believe is true, then it will stand the test of time. So if you got a group of people, they're no longer looking for fluff. Right. They want that's, that's, truth. That's what it is. Right. No fluff. So if you're giving truth, then now your brand is about to take off. Right. But if you're giving fluff, you're going to close. Well, maybe you should have closed anyway. Mm. Right. People will find truth. One thing. And then another thing I've told uh, older pastors is that here's the thing about truth. Because you got you got a group of churches that it's not that they don't have truth, but they're not packaging it right. Mm. Right. I love now, unfortunately, you know, younger generations, y'all don't have good bands. You know, I grew up in an era where we had good live we music. St- we still got the No, nah, y'all don't y'all, y'all don't have Earth Wind and Fires. <laughs> Stop there. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> no, but, but now I told somebody now, Earth Wind and Fire, the music is the truth. Mm-hmm. Right? That's true. If you put it on an A-track. It doesn't change that it's the truth, but if nobody has an A-track, nobody's listening to it. Right. I let pastors know, older pastors, you cannot keep doing A-track ministry in an iPod generation. Hmm. In a streaming generation. In a streaming, right. iPod has even changed. Right. So I believe for me, man, uh, I think there's a, a cleansing that's happening even in the church because there, there was a season where fluff was just the norm. Right. You didn't have to validate. Right. Um, people are reading more. So you got YouTube prophets and <laughs> Facebook right. preachers. You know what I'm saying? And so even for me, I have conversations with guys that, you know, because people are questioning things they didn't question before. People didn't question, well, is, is, is Christianity the white man's religion? That's what I was my next question. Do you believe that? Because that's been popping up more and mm-hmm. more and more. As I've been reading, like, mm-hmm. us, like you know, a lot of young black millennials are feeling like Christianity has set us back. Right. Instead of helping us in any way, because like you said, 
you know, a lot of young, younger, younger millennials, a lot of millennials are feeling like, no, it's the white man's religion. Right. Is there any truth to that? Because sometimes it kind of, I don't know. No, that's the easy answer. And I answer it two ways. Um, if you believe Genesis, the story of Genesis, which most religions that are not Christianity, they have some type of beginning story. Right. Right. And so the beginning story is that the first man was made out of dirt. Dirt is not white. Hmm. And you cannot get colors from white. You cannot If you start out white You cannot get brown from that Right But if you start out black You can get every color On the planet Right The original black man Is talking Okay so So that's one thing The second thing is that Is that What And, I, and I've had some Not deep up Next year I'm actually doing A panel with white pastors To really talk about What true reconciliation Looks like mm -hmm. And one of the things I'm going to be talking To white pastors Is that you guys Could stop all this foolishness if you will put a true picture of Christ on your churches. So let's just set the record straight right now. Jesus Christ is not a white man. No. It's it's not historically correct. Thank you. Okay. But then Jesus had dreads, y'all. But yeah, then here's the, what was it? Sheep's wool. I got dreads. Like sheep's bronze. I'm from Jesus's uh now, kin. Now, but the th the thing the third thing of that is that the Bible says God is a spirit. Mm -hmm. We put more emphasis on the 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 package the the wrapping then we do the present right right it does not really matter his color it matters his spirit just and we do the same thing with him we do to each other we judge people by the outside right and and take and say this is what's on the inside you're lying but the problem is that because quote unquote caucasian christians have misused you say white it's all right white christians white. have used a picture that pretty much i think uh uh Da Vinci, one of those, uh, yeah. Michelangelo, yeah. and and why did he draw that picture? Listen to what I'm saying. He and this is really good. The person who drew the the picture of Christ, he drew a picture of the Christ that looks like him, hmm. which is natural, because we 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 all want to aspire to something that resembles us, See God and ourselves, right? But then when when black people draw a picture of Christ that resembles us, because in actuality, he does, he does. But somebody said, but guess what? If the Spanish person draws a picture of Christ he's that resembles him, he's gonna be hello, yeah. he's going to speak to you in the language that you understand. What good is having a God that speaks to me in Chinese? I can't understand that. Right. Right. So when I, so as a pastor, I speak to the community in the language that they can understand. That's a fact. So that's what makes them say, okay, hold on a second. It confuses people because in their mind, they're like, okay. He's too cool to be a pastor. Mm -hmm. But if he talks, it's not like he doesn't know what he's talking about. Right. We're confused because we're not used to a pastor that looks like us. And let me say this. If you ever read the story of Christ, uh, the night that he was betrayed, most of us heard the Judah story. Mm -hmm. Have you ever asked yourself, if Jesus was this dude healing the sick, raising the dead, everybody knew him. Why did they have to pay somebody to identify him? Because he was so common that they needed somebody to point him out, even though he was doing miracles. He was just a regular dude. He was just a regular dude. Right. If you walked up to him in the other 12, you would not know which one is him. Right. So they had to pay somebody to say which one is him. That doesn't make sense because we get this image that he was so high and mighty when he walked to earth right. that when you saw him, oh, there's, there's Jesus right, right. there. 
you almost didn't recognize him until he went into action. Hmm. Right? right. So it's the same thing with me, man. People, when I'm when I'm in the grocery store, I'm not preaching. I'm buying groceries. So they expect you just to be preaching everywhere you Come go. Come on, man. I think they just forget people are just regular sometimes. Yeah. And you just like to do regular stuff And sometimes you don't want to talk about God Or whatever the case may be And I think because of Because of that title I think people expect you to be that all day Every all day. day And yeah, I can, I can see how that's yeah. not fair to, to anybody Really But So I, I do I think we're in a good space to your question about this generation man. Because we do I'm fortunate man That most of the people Most of the people that come to my church other people that don't go to church right right and people keep and i've had a lot of pastors ask me how are you because the meet the median age in my church is 30 yeah right so yeah, most a lot of, of young people it's a lot of young people yeah um and i've had a lot of people ask me man what are you doing you know and there's no we don't we don't have anything that says really even with our church we shouldn't be growing right because we're in the wrong neighborhood, mm-hmm. we don't have parking. Right. We don't. There's nothing about the building that makes it beautiful. Yeah, parking is terrible. Right? Parking is and people are walking Horrible. three blocks. Yeah, and it's worse now. Yeah, you, you know Uber what I'm saying? Your car. Yeah, bruh, right. Yeah. You got to Uber to church. That That's that real talk. His church is like in the middle of the block, right? And because of where it is, you got the residents there. They take up everything, and then there's people coming into church every Sunday. So it's it's jam-packed over there yeah. but young people but we don't have but young people are coming because if you if you give them what they're hungry for mm-hmm. which is to me is truth then it's almost like and i share this man when i had issues when i, I the first couple of years of course we had our challenges and my what i thought in the back of my mind was that man if we could ever move to another location now we may have to move now because we just run out of room. Right. But I thought if we ever have to move to another location, maybe we'll grow. And a thought came to my heart, and I know it was God. And the thought was, the best sometimes the best restaurants are in the worst parts of town. Oh no. But if the food is banging, it don't matter. Don't matter. Don't he matter. said to he told me he said you make sure that when people come to eat, that the food is so good that they forget where the restaurants at. Mm-hmm. I mean, well. How much the check's gonna be? No, check ain't bad. <laughs> ain't bad at all. Check ain't bad. <laughs> oh man, that's dope, man. That's super, super dope. All right, one last question, sure, Pastor. Sure, man. While you wrap this thing up, I do appreciate you. Oh, thank y'all for having me, bro. Um, now you said we ain't got no good bands, right? Nah, nah. But you are familiar with hip hop, right? Yes, sir. I did hip hop for for a while. Yeah, yeah. He. I know you rapped or whatever. So. Yeah, yeah. Don't throw. Nah, see, you, you, y'all heard how you said. I know how you rapped or whatever. Don't make me drop twelve. Yeah, I, mean, yeah, I, I still need twelve. I still got six. I got. I still got. We believe you, okay, good brother. Okay, we believe okay. you. All right. <laughs> so just when you're not, you know, preaching. Mm-hmm. When you're not, when you just want to vibe out. Who do you? Who are you listening to? Right now. Right now. Like if, if you put your phone on the aux cord right now, who are you listening to? Probably got Twenty One Savage. Nah, <laughs> no, it's it's like, not right. <laughs> I don't know. It's not a lot. Of, I mean, of course, man. It's it's not just you know. A lot of times, people say you gravitate to what you grew up with. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I don't have any knocks against what's out there now. It's just not what I grew up to. Okay. That's fair. Um, 
So, like, music for me, man, I still, like, Mint Condition is one of my favorite groups of all times. Pretty brown Come on, man. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know. It, the new artists, it's not really a lot of new artists that I vibe to like that, but, um... I'm an I'm a, I'm a 80s, 90s baby. So 80s, 90s, R&B, uh, anything in there, man, I'm listening to. I'm going to drop this jewel on you real Come fast. Come on with right? it. Mm. If you and, you and your wife in the crib, y'all just want to relax and um, try and set the mood right, Miguel. Yeah. Look up oh, is that right? Miguel's pretty good. Oh, yeah. well, yeah. They both said it like that. Look, okay, I'm going to check him out. I'm going to check up, him out. Look up Miguel. It don't matter which album. It's like that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Stay away All from right. YouTube, though. He leg dropped the chick at a live show. That's, that's, that's allegedly. Allegedly. It's just funny as hell. Matter of fact, do look it up. <laughs> allegedly. Allegedly. It wasn't alleged. All right. All right. But yeah, but they're still okay. talking about yeah, it. Yeah, check that out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So as we wind this thing down, I just sure. want to thank uh, Pastor Shot for coming out, dropping these bars all over the podcast, giving these, these jewels for the. Um, to learn from I hope y'all learn something I learned something uh, Shit we even do Church announcements Alright listen to <laughs> Listen to the show Again I'm on everything Okay Instagram Facebook um, I'm on Twitter I'm not giving out All the handles right now Go follow the page For the Stress Podcast Follow the Frank and Wolf Show On SoundCloud Follow them everywhere Um Pastor Shaw, you want to plug your stuff? Oh, absolutely, man. Just check us out online. Uh, W-O-C-C-N-J.com. You got an Instagram or anything like All that? All that's on the website. So if you go to the website, you can hit us up. Uh, the website, check me out. Uh, Sharon Richardson. No, see, no Pastor Shaw oh, on okay. Facebook. Just my name. You know, kept it regular. Kept it regular. Sharon Richardson. Check me out on Facebook, man. And uh, I would love to hit you up, chat with you, kick it, do what we do. All right. And also, shout out to... Uh, Celestial Goddess Jewelry, you know, keeping in the lane of healing, doing her holistic jewelry, trying to keep your chakras right, you know, hit her up at on IG at A Celestial Goddess, you know, get your get right. Um, would you mind taking us with a prayer, good brother? Man, please, I would love to. All right. All right, well, Father, in the name of Jesus, God, I just thank you for the listeners. I thank you for this show. And I just thank you for a platform, man, where people can talk, where people can hear something, God, that will touch their heart, God. They'll hear somebody saying the things that they want to say, but they don't have a platform to say it. And so, God, I just thank you for your peace, your power, your prosperity, touching this group, God. Do great things with them, and we bless you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. For the stress, we out. <laughs>